Did you know Jesus prayed for you? He prayed for you. And what was it that he was praying for you about? This is what we're going to find out today in John chapter 17. So this is Between the Lines. I'm Scott. I'm Junior, and it is Monday, August 7th. You want to get started? Let's do it. uh, Chapter 17, verse 1. It says, after saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so he can give glory back to you. Now, that's an interesting wording there. This mm-hmm. is glorify your son. It can almost strike you as, isn't that kind of proud? But then you look at the second verse, it says, so he can give glory back to you. Yeah, he's saying the more you lift me up, the more I'm going to be able to lift you up because the yeah. more people are going to pay attention to me lifting you up. And is that your prayer? Because a lot of times it's not bad to pray for success, you know, to pray for that, maybe that promotion or to get into that relationship or, um, you know, to desire something. It's not bad, but what is the intent behind it? Jesus's intent was, God, will you give me success so that I can glorify you, so I can point it all back to you? Is that your prayer? And is that our sincere motive? You know, right. well, of course, Lord, if you if you give me a better income, I'm going to give you more money. I'm going to tithe off of that. And yeah. uh, But is that sincerely why we're asking for a job promotion or whatever else it might be? Well, it's kind of funny. I sat with a guy a few years ago, and he said, Junior, I... I really want this startup that I'm working on. I just want it to blow up because I would love to be like that big check writer in the church. I said, well, that's awesome intent. Are you giving right now? It's like, no. Like, well, <laughs> let's start there. Yeah. <laughs> let's start in the little things, and then we ask God to grow us. You so really think God can trust you? That's right. <laughs> that's right. Glorify your son so that he can give glory back to you. Again, this is Jesus praying. And, and uh, I know we're still on verse one, but the, it's such a good test. What, what you brought up with that Chuck Ryder, for example, it's like that in every area. So Jesus ha- had already proven the fact that he was going to lift up the Father in everything. And so the more that he was known in the, the country, the more he was going to honor the Father because he was demonstrating it already. Yeah. And so if we say, God, whatever you give me, I will use that to promote you. The real question is, because if we're faithful in little things, then we'll be faithful in much and we'll be trusted with much. But if we're not faithful in the little things, whether it's the the small income or the small responsibilities at work or wherever it is, if we're not faithful in those areas, well, he, he does not going to trust us with more. Yeah. I'm in the process of writing a book, and I talk about faithfulness in the book, mm-hmm. and this this whole idea of, of if you are faithful in the little things, then you'll have more conviction to be faithful in the big things. Yeah, but if you don't have conviction to be faithful in little things, not going to conviction. To be no, it doesn't change. Things. All right, verse two it says, "For you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him, and this is the way that this is the way to have eternal life: to know you, the only true God, Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth." I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave to me now to do. Now, Father, bring me into glory we shared before the world began. So we see the preexistence of Jesus again mm-hmm. there in verse 5. I've revealed to you, or I've revealed you to ones you gave me from this world. You were, they were always yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you, for I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it and know that I came from you, and they believe you sent me. My prayer is not for the world, but for those who have given me because they belong to you. So so far, he's praying for the disciples, his followers that were there in that lifetime. All who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me, so they bring me glory. 
Now I am departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as, as we are. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that no, not one was lost except the one headed for destruction. Talking about Judas there as the scriptures foretold. And Dad, you want to take it from there? Sure. Now I am coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so they would be filled with my joy. I've given them your word, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. So, you know, this kind of goes against the idea that a lot of Christians want to shield themselves and shield their families completely from the world that is out there. Jesus did not take that approach at all. He said, we are supposed to be in this world so that we can reflect. How else are we going to reflect this, God? Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. This would be you. This would be me. He's, he's praying now for the people that the disciples impact and the generations that, yeah. that follow. I pray that they will also be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. So you think, you look at that, the first thing that Jesus prays for you is that you'd be unified with other believers. Mm -hmm. Which is incredible. In fact, the argument or the example that he's using here is that in the same way that I am unified with you as a father, I want them to be unified with us and with each other. And that's the terrible sin of dissension and division and why it's condemned so soundly in scripture because it, it we lose our identity with God we lose our ability to lift him up and to present him to the world when we are divided and said so what happens is the world just winds up eating popcorn watching the show you know watching what the Christians are doing when they're fighting with each other but if we're united around the gospel and our love for Jesus Christ that becomes an attraction. Verse 22, I've given them the glory that you gave me so they may want, uh, be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. You know, the word glory is a little tough one, Junior. Every time we see this one, Jesus Prays that he would be glorified, or we say that we're to glorify God. It doesn't we're, have necessarily great connotations today, because when you think of glory, it's usually reserved for the divine. Uh -huh. And if it's ever used for uh, a human, it's almost like proud. Yeah. Oh, you just want the glory. A superstar athlete. Yeah. But to glorify something, how would you describe that biblically? To shine attention yeah. on. Yeah, to put attention on. And so it makes sense for Jesus's prayer. Yeah. that he would be glorified so that he could glorify the Father. Yeah. But also that's why he's saying, I gave them, Christians, glory. I brought attention to them yeah. so that they could point that attention towards the Father. In a sense, I hate to, I hate to use it this way, but um, and maybe this is a bad example, Dad, but last night my, my wife called me because she was struggling with our youngest. Yeah, she got sand in her eye. Yeah. 
Well, and, and some other stuff, oh, you know, okay. my youngest was m maybe being the most respectful. And so she uh, called me and she said, can you talk to Reese? And so I talked to Reese for a little while. And in a sense, I glorified my wife, bringing attention to my mm. wife and how you need to respect her. She's my wife, all of it. In a sense, that's bringing glory too, so that she would treat her better. Yeah, that's sense. good. It's not a negative connotation, though. Yep. A lot of times when we read it, we have that. Yeah, that's good. All right, verse 24. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. That, that, that is in, in an eternal relationship with him. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. Oh, righteous father, the world doesn't know you, but I do. And these disciples know you sent me. I have revealed you to them and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. Yeah. Man, it's a, just an incredible prayer that Jesus gives here, which we could spend a lot more time on, and I encourage you to just spend some time giving some thought and meditate on this prayer that Jesus has for his followers, which includes us as well. And what are the ramifications of that? Yeah. Unity, really. Yeah. Yep. Unity with other believers. Well, Psalm 80 is the corresponding psalm for today, mm -hmm. and Dad, you picked out... A verse, yeah, you know, as I've mentioned, each you know each day that we're in a tough section of Psalms where, uh, where the psalmists seem to be just really struggling. And one of the things I have to remind myself is that we have, are so blessed in our lives in this modern world and Western world that, of course, Junior, you and I, we've spent some time in Africa, we've been in some in third world countries, and we see how so many other people live. And then you think about David and where his life was at when he was running for his life from Saul and the struggles, and so. We might think that David's just spending a lot of time whining or Asaph or whoever else is writing these series of psalms. They were Some of these psalms were written during the Babylonian captivity or while Jerusalem was being destroyed, and so we get this. We call them psalms of lament. Yes. So then, um, but I, I do like this because he, he talks about all that they're going through, but in verse 17, he says, strengthen the man you love, and he was talking about himself. Strengthen the man you love, the son of your choice. Then we will never forsake you again. Revive us so that we can call on your name once more. Turn us again to yourself, O Lord God Almighty, and make your face shine down on, on us. Only then will we be saved. And so he's recognizing that our, our absolute dependence is on God, whether things are going well or things are going poorly. We tend to forget it when things are going well, and that's usually why he has to bring the difficult things in our lives to bring us back to him. Yeah. Well... Monday, it's kind of funny how this always turns out. Monday is usually our longest recording of the week, and we don't do that intentionally, but maybe that is maybe that is uh, on purpose from God because Monday we can sometimes have a bad attitude, right? Just yeah. kind of lamenting, <laughs> it's Monday, and so we're at 11 minutes already, which is not too bad, yeah. but typically well, we it's like our longest. We five on the first verse. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. But sometimes we need that, especially on Monday, yeah. just a little, little bit extra conversation about Scripture yeah. to set us on a trajectory for the week. And so we hope that that did that for you today. And hey, after after uh, the after the um, between the lines music stops, get in prayer. Read yeah. through the psalm. Do that. Get on your knees. Yeah, but get in prayer. Unless you're driving. That's right. We just read a prayer from Jesus, and now you pray, and you yeah. pray to that same Father mm. that Jesus Himself prayed. To. That's really good. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless. You.